You're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Welcome back to this week's episode of Podiatry Marketing. With me is my co-host, Jim McDonald. Jim, how are you doing on this fine day? Things are good, Tyson. I can't complain. I'm excited to uh, jump into today's topic. It definitely is something that uh, I've run across a few times in the last month or two, and I think it'll hopefully provide people a little bit of guidance and a little bit of understanding and insight into uh, this topic. Okay, what are we talking about? What What is your topic uh, for this particular episode? Yeah, so the topic you're going to grill me about and ask questions, <laughs> in-depth questions, so uh, all the listeners will know whether I'm BSing or not, but it's uh, it's marketing budgets. You know, how do you determine a marketing budget? We'll give you some, con- we'll give you some concrete numbers today as far yeah. as... Um, you know, what to expect at different marketing ranges, but also kind of like where you're at in your career, what makes sense, um, whether you're DIYing or delegating or just some different, people are in different stages, right, uh, of their career and of the practice. And hopefully today will be a, a helpful guide to, to bring people, people along there. Yeah, it's a common question. I've had a lot of people ask me that in the past. How much should I be spending in marketing? And and I think when they look at their marketing, they're going to look at all their marketing, yeah, what their marketing budget is, because there's a lot of things that people are marketing, but they don't realize it's marketing and think, oh, no, that's stationary. But it can also be part of their marketing. No, I think it's a huge thing you're talking about, like having an overarching strategy and understanding what are the components of that strategy, uh, and then what is the budget associated with all those things that are being done. Like you said, you know, one one-off thing here, one thing over there, like, that may not feel like it's a coherent strategy can still be all be a part of the marketing budget, right? So having something more coherent and knowing kind of like what your uh, level of investment in your marketing is, not necessarily like, you know, if you don't believe in it, it's going to feel like a cost or a bill at the end of every month. But how can you get to a point where you're getting some traction and what are those options so you feel like you know what you're spending your money on and that it's generating that additional revenue for your practice? So where should somebody start when it comes to trying to figure out what the budget's going to be? Yeah, I think the, the, the people should start off by thinking like kind of where they are in their practice and kind of what's what what feels reasonable for them. Um, you know, like the different people will say different percentage of, of your overall revenue each year should be put back towards marketing. Yeah, uh, it should be seen as a way to you know exponentially raise your revenue and just, just you know get return on investment. So you know sometimes the range is somewhere between like five and ten percent of overall revenue should go back into marketing. And when you're first getting started and you're maybe not making a lot of money, it can feel like a lot. Mm. Um, but ten percent of zero is uh, zero, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, but if you don't do that right, you're going to be paying for it one way or another. Yeah. You're going to be paying for it by people not coming into your practice. It's going to be a slower form of growth. So I, I would say that kind of self-assessment is currently where you know where are you in your practice and what what's been working or not working. I think somebody who's just getting started off, you know, you kind of have this. Um, you know, how technically savvy are you and are you, you know, sure you can use Google, you know how to use email and stuff, but like, are you the best person to kind of DIY yourself versus do you think this is something that should be delegated to others? And that's going to really vary on someone's, you know, knowledge of the subject, ability to do things like email marketing or Google ads. It's, it's sometimes tough to self-assess, but you know, this DIY versus delegation is something to initially consider uh, when kind of first getting started or you know kind of the first step of that self-assessment yeah so does this come down to a lot to difference between time and money so if you're if you're just starting out in practice you're just about your own business you have no patience so therefore you've got plenty of time 
So should you be learning how to do some of this stuff and be doing it? And then as you get busy, you outsource it if you no longer have time to maintain it correctly. No, I think that's a good point. I think you know, there's some people in practice that just enjoy doing this, like a guy like Don Pelto, who's active in practice. He's a guy that loves doing this kind of stuff, right? He yeah. loves learning about email marketing. He loves doing like figuring out Google ads. He loves talking to people, making podcasts. He likes doing webinars for patients. Uh, so this is almost like built, like I would say this is probably something like a 15 to 20% of his job is that he likes doing that. Yeah, so if I you're someone it. that's willing, yeah. <laughs> so like someone like yourself. Yeah, but I did. I, well, I had my practice and even when I was working full time, I was doing all this after hours, but then as the business grew and I employed the first person, I dedicated probably a, at least a day a week, maybe spread over a couple of days, just doing that. And then as I got another person, I dedicated two days a week. Then I dedicated three days a week to just working behind the scenes and doing the marketing until eventually that's all I did was mostly behind the scenes, doing the marketing, working out the strategies. And, but I absolutely loved doing it. I could do it from six in the morning to six at night, 12 hours. Wouldn't, wouldn't, I wouldn't even feel tired doing it. It was so much fun. That's a great point because I think there's this perception of getting out of residency or getting out of schools like you're 100% committed to like being a doctor, treating patients, doing surgery. And if that's what you love to do, fantastic. Mm. But don't really ex just know that there's other things that have to be done that will then have to be delegated, right? It's not uh, if you don't have a passion for it, you just want to be in the clinic seeing the patients, that's totally fine. But this stuff needs to be get, needs to get done unless you already have a system in place. Um, but if you do feel like it's of interest to you, there's a lot of you know online materials, some of them good, some of them bad. I'm happy to share some of those with you. People reach out to Tyson or I, we can send you in the right direction. Definitely open to having people learn more about this because I think mm. there is a lack of kind of knowledge about a lot of marketing channels or what works now um, versus like, like maybe what worked, you know, worked 10, 15 years ago. I run into issues like that sometimes with clients where, you know, the person they were working with their marketing is stuck, you know, in, you know, 2007 with their marketing tactics and it just doesn't work now. So if you, if you want to dedicate some time and effort into it, totally fine. Um, and like I said, Tyson, and I'm happy to help you to do those things. Um, but it does come down to it like a time or money issue a lot of times for people. Cause if you do have, you're starting in practice, you're not totally booked up, you have time to go meet other offices, you have ways of doing low cost marketing, um, both professionally, you know, with other healthcare professionals or people in the professional community, uh, doing community events, you know, if you're like, you know, working at a running, uh, running event, there's definitely, and Tyson's talked about in the past, you know, you know, like something like a golf outing with people that you'd like to get referrals from, inviting yeah. them to come on, spend a day with them. I think there's a lot of different ways you can like, you know, when you're first getting started and doing DIY uh, and you're not too busy in practice, great. But once you start getting busy, there's kind of a, a tipping point that happens and you can't both run your staff, treat the patients, be at the surgical center and really keep your head on, your head in the game when it comes to marketing, what's changing because it is not some kind of a static process. It's not a, none of these channels are like set it and forget it. You have to be constantly learning and doing kind of almost continual, like instead of medical education, like marketing education to know what works and what doesn't work. Yeah, I think what's an important point too, is I know there's some people that, probably not the people listening to this, because everyone listening to this are really, really smart podiatrists. But there's, there'll be other ones that they go, oh no, I don't need to market. My reputation speaks for itself. And 
I have two thoughts on that. Even Coca-Cola that has a great reputation, big company, everybody knows who they are. When they re, you know, release a new product, they don't just make it, put it in the fridge and go, you know what, our reputation speaks for itself. So we're just going to let word of mouth build that product. They get in there and they market that product so they know they need to let people know that that new product is available. And it reminds me of a story going back 25 years ago when I was in Cairns. I was at a doctor's event, we're all there, there's about five doctors all standing around this group, I'm there chatting away to them, they all knew who I was, and there's other podiatrists in town, which I will not mention, who wouldn't be listening to this anyway, and we were talking about something, and he said, hmm, unlike some podiatrists, I don't need to market myself, and walked away. And the doctors, <laughs> the doctors all cracked up laughing, they said, I think he was having a dig at you. I said, oh no, he was, he was definitely having a dig at me, he doesn't like me. Move ahead 20 years, and I have this absolute booming practice, and he pretty much did nothing because he didn't need to market himself. And that was a big mistake that he kept making, thinking, I don't need to market myself. And he did need to market himself. Yeah, it's a huge thing, right? You just have to have a word. Like, you know what you do, you know who you are, but you know maybe that person down the street in your community doesn't know those things, and they have to build trust and relationships slowly over time to understand how you can help them. And unless you're marketing your practice, uh, it makes it very difficult to do that. Yeah, well, the funny part is I've seen over the last 10 or 15 years, podiatrists who are really good at what they do have got a very good reputation and they have built it up over a number of years and, and good on them for doing that. But I'm seeing these younger podiatrists that are coming through who've been at two, three, five years who are coming into their, their area and kicking their ass. They're just kicking their butt. Are they as experienced? No, but they are better at promoting what they do to the public. The public go, oh, okay. So they, they go and see them. So I think it's important, especially for podiatrists that have been established for a long period of time, if you know you're no good at this, ask for help. Whether it's from Jim, whether it's from me, or there's somebody else that you think is the guru that's going to help you, is get some help so you can be competitive. And I think it's all, not only for your current practice, right? Obviously, you want to see more of a specific type of patient. You want to make sure your, your clinic is busy, but also you want to make whatever you're doing attractive to the person down the road that whether it's that uh, investment group or the young podiatrist to come in and sell the practice to, yeah. you want to make sure that you're treating your asset, your practice, and, and you know having it be visible not only to your local community, but also you know it, it has a certain brand or a certain like you know level of um, respond, you know, respectability to what you're doing uh, that really is attractive to a potential buyer in the future. Because it's not only, yeah, you want to be, you know, owning your practice, doing really well in clinic, but at some point, maybe you don't want to practice anymore or you want to sell mm -hmm. your practice. And the more you put into the marketing of it and, and really build it up, the more attractive it is to someone in the future. Yeah. And it's also like you will attract, if you're looking for a new person to join your team, they're going to look at your clinic and they're going to look at another clinic down the road if this is the area they want to live in and they're going to say, who, who looks like they're more active in the community? And on the other side of things, every time you're marketing your business, whichever way you're doing it, your uh, new patients, current patients are seeing what you're doing. So it's a reminder that you're there and also professional referrers in the area, non-professional referrers, they're seeing this marketing as well and they're going, so all of a sudden, it could be a you know, physio might be thinking, I need to send someone to a podiatrist. Oh, I might send them to the guy I've seen a hundred times in different places over the last two years, or do I send them to this other person who I have no idea who they are? Because I haven't met, I haven't met either of them, so I have to send them somewhere. You're going to send it to the noisy one. <laughs>
Do that make you laugh? Do that, that noisy one, the noisy podiatrist is the one that does the marketing. Well, I mean, you have to make people aware, right? I mean, I was laughing a little bit, but there's there's some truth behind that laugh because <laughs> if you're just like 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 I said, like if you're just putting your head down, trying to do good work, and just don't really give yourself an opportunity to be seen as the expert in whatever niche you choose, then like you can't be disappointed when people don't come to you for those things. Yeah, well, squeaky wheel gets the oil. So if you if you're making the noise, you will draw attention to yourself. And if you're just sitting there, just n not making any noise, then people may bypass you. Hundred percent. And I think it's like there's different different ways to make noise too, right? Like it can also be, you know, being it like for me, being a sports medicine or like a running podiatrist, right? Yeah. It's being at that marathon medical tent. It's being, you know, active in the local sports medicine community, which will give you that reputation. And maybe it's not like blasting billboards or Facebook ads or anything like that, but there are those ways that are marketing. They may not feel like it. But there are ways of marketing your practice that um, are just different sorts of marketing. You know, everything like I think we talked about in previous episodes, like every single thing that you do is a form of marketing. Oh, yeah. Um, your practice. So. Well, you said that you're, you were right into sports medicine. And I've said, I've spoken to coaching clients when, when we're first starting with them. And I said, what is it you like to do more of? And they tell me, okay, okay. If what you like to do more of, if it was illegal to do it, could I find enough evidence to convict you? And be surprised how many people would get off scot free. Wouldn't do any. Wouldn't do a day of time because you go to the website, like oh, I want to see more runners, and you're looking through the whole website and you go, I can't find anything about running. And you're going, you you got off. So to me, it that's what your marketing is all about is making noise about what it is that you want to do more of, like you with sports medicine. So with um with marketing, you've got different price ranges that people can go at. And you you said before we were going to give people an idea of what they should be spending. Marketing. So, and going back to your initial question, is how do they work out how much should they spend, and at what point do they start increasing the amount that they spend? No, that's a great point. I think, like we talked about, you know, usually the marketing budget should be somewhere between five and ten percent of revenue. That's just like an easy way for people to kind of, you know, to calculate themselves. But that's, that's you know, I'll kind of break that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what I'll do is I'll just kind of break down some different kind of price ranges so people have a general sense of like. What those are and then what does that mean you know from a deliverable standpoint or um you know it, like i talked about we'll kind of start high and work our way down low but you know the different people are in different situations so like you know obviously um not one size doesn't fit all but we'll try to really kind of like give you a better sense of, of what's available so the first range i would say is like we're talking kind of about, about a multi um, doctor practice or multi podiatrist practice maybe in an urban area um, maybe three to five doctors um, that's probably somewhere in like the $5,000 a month range. Um, you're really having to feed a lot of doctors, patients, you're needing to get visibility, you're probably in a competitive area. So it's not going to be, uh, you know, super, uh, you know, it's not, it's not like you're the only show in town, right? So yeah. you're going to have to kind of not necessarily fight, but like, you're going to have competition that's going to make uh, it important number one to have like the best website in your local area, doing things like Google search ads are going to be a little bit more expensive. Uh, because you're trying to get more volume through them. Also, like email marketing, um, you know. So when you, the more kind of headcount you have, you're you're looking more in that five thousand dollars or more range, and that can seem like that's crazy, right? Like I don't even, you know, I have a practice that size, and I don't spend yeah. that much. But like we talked about, like in order to get above the noise and have people be aware of who you are and what you're doing, um, you do have to spend. Uh, you know, somewhere in that five thousand dollar range, it makes a lot of sense. And I told you that, yeah, you know, my budget was 
usually around about 10,000 a month is what I used to just reinvest back into marketing. And even when we were really busy, I still, I still spent the same amount of money. I just kept, kept the wheels going. And I know what I used to spend in marketing, I know some podiatrists probably weren't taking that home as their profits, but in relation to what the size of the business and what it was generating, that was just the budget that we, we decided to spend. And, and there'd be other months we had, we may have spent a little bit less, but yeah, that was, that was just, that was, that was how I did it. No, for sure. And I think people just getting started right in practice and they, they hear this 5,000 to $10,000 number, maybe your eyes open up <laughs> a little bit. Water. Um, but I would say these, these kind of first two ranges we'll talk about are kind of, I wouldn't say more advanced, but for someone that now ha- already sees marketing as like an accelerator for growth in the practice, yeah. right? Like if you, if you start spending $5,000 and don't really believe in it, like you're gonna, it's gonna feel like a bill. You're gonna feel like it's, 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 there's gonna be a disconnect there that you're never gonna feel happy or comfortable with. So I would say this, this level of marketing and the next one we'll talk about, you know, requires at least some basic understanding and the buy-in that is a long-term way to build growth in your practice. If you don't, if you feel like it's just something you have to spend every month because everyone else is doing it, um, at this level, in the next one, you're not going to feel comfortable with. So I'm not. I would never like, like talk someone into this level, like unless they really felt like they understood what's happening. It could see the potential mm. for for true return on investment. And when I say return on investment, we're talking somewhere like five to 10 X of what you spend. Oh, definitely. What you should get back in revenue, if not more. Yeah. And I think that, that that's why it's important to know your numbers that there was no way I was spending $10,000 a month. If I was not getting, going to get 10 or 15 times that there was just the, the reason for doing it. And sometimes you do marketing that didn't work as well. And your return may not have been as great, but you still got a return. And I think sometimes people just, they throw money at different places. They don't measure what's working. And they look at it as an expense. And I think anything that doesn't give you a return is an expense. But if, it, if you're getting a really good return from it, like if I said to someone, spend five and you get 50, you do it every month. No, for sure. So what are the next levels down from there? Yeah, so the next level is kind of that $1,000 to $5,000 range. And I would say this is where most experienced, experienced practitioners, mm. people with their own practices, people that... You know, if you're if you're trying to bridge that gap from like really understanding if it truly works or not, you have to be in this range with your budget. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck too low to really see any results. Um, and I would also say like this is also the range where you do have a very personalized website. You do have you know kind of a pers- personalized level of care, but you have like some individual individualization around your marketing strategy, the plan, the execution. You're not working with like seven or eight different people on your account. You yeah. have like either one or two, a small team that's in tune and basically looking over whatever you're doing on all your online channels on a consistent basis. You know, once we get lower than this range, you're like almost kind of like getting into levels where it's almost like copy pasting websites or people that just want to like sell you on a website, charge, you know, a certain amount of money per month and just kind of let it, let it ride. When you're in that $1,000, $5,000 range, you know, this includes things like, you know, total, like a total package of kind of like your website, Google ads, email marketing, sometimes some Facebook advertising, um, you know, Google business profile, you know, ways as far as improving SEO and the content on your website in a continuous fashion. 
uh, is in this band of one thousand to five thousand dollars a month. And like I said, it can range. Um, these aren't these aren't hard numbers, but you should expect some kind of personalization and like be able to text or call that person to really have um, not only monthly check-ins, but if you get a negative review, you'll have someone to like just bounce that idea off of or how to address certain things. Um, with some of the lower price points, you're not gonna have that level of care or service. And uh, that's kind of the benefit of this thousand to $5,000 range. Yeah, and I think anyone that is starting their own business is probably making you know, $10,000 a month pretty quickly in those first few months, I would assume. So to then reinvest 10% back into your marketing is $1,000. So you're already at that level and then you just slowly keep, yeah, as you turn over more, as you make more, you reinvest more and, and then you start building momentum. Something to be said about consistency, right? It's like, uh, you know, it, it may feel like, you know, people are kind of up and down or expecting uh, unreasonable results in short periods of time, but it's that consistent level of marketing over long periods of time, which, which you know, develop and, you know, you get the best results from. Definitely. So as we wrap up, have you got a final tip for everyone when it comes to budgeting for their marketing? Yeah. So I would just say we had, there's one tier below that, um, you know, actually there's kind of two, but we'll, we can kind of combine into, uh, to one tier and that's kind of like the sub $1,000 range. Yeah. I mean, you can go super bare bones and say, you know, if you just want a website and you want to do it yourself, you could probably do it for under a hundred dollars, you know, but if you're, what I see a lot of you know, companies, um, marketing companies or podiatry growth engine companies like, uh, that are basically more volume-based. They wanna get as many podiatrists on their platform as possible. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, uh, but you know, have to know, understand the difference between that and that higher tier. So when you're paying between a hundred and a thousand dollars per month for your marketing, it's gonna be a cookie cutter website. Um, it's gonna look a lot like the other clients that they've done in the past, almost identical sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you're not gonna have personalization necessarily. Like you might get that, first kind of quasi personalization on your website, but there won't be that continuous updating of content. You know, they won't probably handle other channels. Like you could probably get a website for, you know, three to $500 a month, but they're not going to do, um, they're going to hand you off to a, an account manager who probably has hundred to 150 other clinics, you know, they're managing at the same time. So you're not going to have a one-on-one -on -one relationship and you're not going to be able to really like, have an individualized website or marketing plan that really fits your strategy or what you're trying to do. So it's not to bash it. You know, if you're just getting started in practice, you, there's no competition in your area. I mean, that's something you can dabble with. I see a lot of people kind of disheartened by the thought of what websites can do and what market can do when they think that like it's seen as a cost or they think that like they should get amazing results for $500 a month. Yeah. Um, it should be somehow automatic. Uh, but like anything else in life, you have to be doing consistently at a high level, providing a lot of value to the people that land on your website uh, and getting that real kind of awareness about what you're doing um, on, on different channels and in a coordinated fashion that, you know, helps people build trust and, and feel like they like you are that expert that they want to see. And while, you know, maybe there are some out there that I'm not aware of in this price range, really you're not, you're going to get more kind of a, a standardized package. Um, and it's not bad. I mean, you know, sometimes you'll, if you all, you know, there'll be these like, you know, they'll, they'll send you blog posts that are very vanilla. Yeah. Um, it's not like it's a bad thing, but if you're expecting like return on investment from that $500 a month or that $750 a month 
um, for a total marketing package, you're probably going to be disappointed and you're probably going to think it's, it doesn't work. Um, but to really make it work, like I said, you have to kind of be more in that, that at least that thousand above a thousand dollars, uh, in that thousand to five thousand dollar range, really see, uh, to put your own personal stamp on what it is to make sure that you're gaining that momentum. Like you talked about Tyson, if you're just spending $500 on marketing bill each month on a website and a little bit of stuff and you're not getting traction, you really shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but, and I do think anyone who's just starting out you know, in their business and they've just opened up the doors, wherever they are, is go and buy yourself some really, really comfortable shoes and get off your bum and go and meet as many people as you can whether they're professional referrers, non-professional, because it costs you nothing other than time. And at the beginning, you have time. So if you listen to what we've said and you go, oh, I don't have a 1,000 or 5,000. I just don't have the budget. I'm, I am bare bones. I mean, I'm, I'm really on the bones of my ass here. Then, then use that to your advantage. Get out there and meet people. But then as soon as you start making the money, then reinvest it. Start with the, like we've talked about, email newsletters. They cost next to nothing to do. And start, and I think, when you're first kicking off too, you, you pretty much get it for free if you have under like 500 people on there in some some of the newsletters. So there are things you can do right from the start with no money, but as soon as you start making it, don't think that's the only way that you can build it. You've got to reinvest the money back in your business. Yes, yeah. So whether it's a, like a consultant or an agent or someone you hire in-house, yeah, it is something that should be a priority moving forward uh, for your practice to really you know, reach its full potential uh, for growth and to just deliver great care to people that live in your local area. So I, yeah, it's one of those things I would say, I kind of ended on the point that depending on what where you're at in your practice, there, there's kind of different ways to like gradually increase uh, what you do. It's not like an all or nothing situation. And, you know, Tyson and I are pretty open. You know, we obviously have a few other podcasts that we've recorded previously that would, yeah. you know, talk <laughs> about some of these topics and some yeah. of these subjects in more detail. I just really wanted to like highlight and help set expectations for what you're gonna get when you do sign with someone who's gonna make a website for you for $300. Like what, what should you expect from them? Cause if you're expecting like a website, they will deliver that. Um, but if you're expecting like, you know, uh, like a flywheel for new patients and like growth in your practice, like it's probably not a reasonable expectation. So if you have an interest in marketing, uh, your practice, you know, you want some additional resources, you know, Tyson and I are both really open about sharing different good uh, online resources. Obviously, some of it's probably stuff we've recorded or stuff we've written as, mm. as some of it, but there's also other stuff I'm happy to refer uh, anyone that's interested in listening to this podcast to. Yeah, that is fantastic way to finish up, Jim. So on that note, I will bid you a farewell and, uh, and talk to you again next week. I look forward to it. Yep. Talk to you next week, Tyson. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Podiatry Marketing with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address, podiatry.marketing.